We are in week two uh, of RC3, and so we're so excited that you jumped in this week. I want to go ahead and uh, jump right in, um, but before we do, man, shout out to Pastor Anthony, because a lot of you guys are like, hold on, I thought Pastor Anthony was preaching, um, and he was supposed to, but unfortunately came down um, with just something that's messing him up, so he doesn't feel well. He called me yesterday. He goes, man, he was at work, and he's like, when I go home, like I just need to rest. I need to go lay down. My body hurts. And uh, man, but I really believe is that the enemy is just trying to stop Anthony from walking into his anointing. He knew that Pastor Anthony was about to bring a powerful word and he had to do something about it. Um, and so, uh, man, you guys, man, if you have Pastor Anthony's uh, phone number, send him a text message, send him something to encourage him because he was ready to go. He was excited to go. Uh, Pastor Anthony, man, I love you. I appreciate you. Know that uh, your church family loves you and that we're praying for your healing. Um, we're praying that it keeps it away from your kids and from your wife um, because we really know that she's the one holding that household together. And if she gets sick, we're, we're in trouble. So, uh, Pastor Anthony, we love you and uh, we can't wait. And I actually, when I was talking to him, I was like, well, actually, dude, like send me your notes um, so that I can see what you were going to preach. Because last week we discussed the topic of wisdom. We're, we're, we're in a little mini series that uh, I just want to look at what the Bible says about wisdom. We live in a world uh, that tells us, hey, you should, you live your life the way you think you should live it. And, and, and truth is just relative to your truth. And we know that that's not the truth because as Christians, we believe that the Bible is the truth. We believe it is in the inherent word of God, uh, infallible. There's nothing wrong in the Bible. And so we believe that that is truth. And if we live our lives according to scripture, man, we believe we're going to live lives that are uh, worshipful to God, that they are going to honor God and that they ultimately our lives will point people to Jesus so that we can see more people encounter him and his real love. And so uh, last week I did that. Last week we jumped into uh, wisdom and we, we said we started a three-week challenge. How many of you have been hitting your three-week challenge? Anybody? Nobody raised their hand. Nobody in the room raised their hand. If you've been doing RC3 Challenge and you're, uh, that's why they're in this room, y'all. They need a little more touching from the Holy Spirit. Uh, but if you've been doing uh, the RC3 Challenge, it's three times a day for three minutes. You read a proverb, uh, morning, lunch, and night, and, uh, and then you pray and ask God for wisdom and understanding in what area of your life that you need it. How many of you know we all need wisdom and understanding in some area of your life, right? Whether it's in the workplace, whether it's at home, whether it's to how to deal with your husband and your wife and your children, uh, your finances, anywhere in your life, we can all use more wisdom and understanding. And, and so we looked at scripture and we said, man, if, if we knew that God would give us anything, if we would pray and ask and he would give that to us. And he would answer every time. The Bible says it's wisdom that he does that, that he just graciously gives that to us. And so why wouldn't we be seeking wisdom? And so last week we asked the question, what are you looking for? A lot of us, we said we were looking for status. We were looking for influence. We were looking for more money. We were looking for a new job. We're looking for a new house. We're looking for new friends. We're looking, uh, we're looking for all kinds of things. But when Proverbs tells us the one thing we should be looking for is wisdom, and understanding why because then Colossians tells us that all of that is found in the person of Jesus 
And so if you, you're looking for wisdom and understanding, ultimately you're looking for Jesus. And, and, and you can't stay the same when you find Jesus. He will change you. It is inevitable, inevitable that you will change because of his love and his grace and the way uh, as, as, as a father, he wants us to live lives that are full of wisdom. And so, uh, man, I wanted to continue. I decided not to preach Pastor Anthony's message, and I kind of wanted to uh, do something this week that I've been praying that I felt like the Lord was speaking to me. And, and so if you have your Bible this morning, uh, go ahead and turn that. If not, it's going to be on the screen behind me. Uh, but we're going to be in Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. We're going to uh, continue on the topic of wisdom, again, because we can't have too much of it. And so Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 29, uh, we, we have some paper Bibles in here. Uh, I like it, and I'm going to read. It's probably not going to be in the same as yours because I'm going to actually read from the message version. I like the way uh, it was put in this translation. Uh, the message is a translation. So Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 29, go ahead and follow along uh, with the words behind me. It says, these words, this is Jesus speaking, and it, it, these are... Uh, in red, these words I speak to you are not incidental. Jesus, when he speaks, he never speaks uh, out of accident. He, he never just accidentally says something that's wise. He, he's always purposeful with his words. And so he says, these words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life, homeowner improvements to your standards of living. They are foundational words, words to build your life on. If you work these words into your life, you are like a smart carpenter who builds his house on solid rock. Rain poured down and the, rivers flo the river flooded. A tornado hit, but nothing moved that house. It was fixed to the rock. So Jesus ultimately is saying, hey, this isn't just good advice. This isn't just good advice that you're living your life, you're making, uh, you're trying to build your life, and then if you sprinkle a little Jesus on it, you'll have a good life to improve your life. He's saying, no, 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 my words aren't just sprinkles onto your life. They're just not good advice to your life. It should form your life. You should build your life on these words. That's how we live a life of wisdom, because if we do that, it is fixed to the rock, and we know that the rock is Jesus. But, this is a big but, and he cannot lie, but if you just use my words, nobody's going to laugh at that. Maybe somebody online did. But if you just use my words, we're extra spiritual in here today. But if you just use my words in Bible studies and don't work them into your life, you are like a, I love the way this translation puts it, he doesn't hold back, a stupid carpenter. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be stupid, right? We don't like to be called stupid. We don't like to think that we're stupid. Uh, we don't want to think that we're living in a stupid way. But if we're living our life our way, and it's our way or the highway, He's, Jesus himself is calling us, like a, we're like a stupid carpenter who built his house on the sandy beach. Now, that kind of sounds good right now, a sandy beach, but we don't want to build our house on a sandy beach. We want to put our toes in a sandy beach, right? Don't build your house on a sandy beach. When a storm rolled in and the waves came up, it collapsed like a house of cards. When Jesus concluded his address, the crowd burst into applause. They had never heard teaching like this. It was apparent that he was living everything that he was saying. Quite a contrast to their religion teachers. Man, that, that's, that's a oh me right there. Sometimes as Christians, we get wrapped up that we don't, we don't live what we preach. We don't live what we believe. 
we believe th- one way and we live another. And, and that's these people uh, who were listening to Jesus. They were astonished because it seemed not only was he preaching good news, but he was living out that good news. So let me encourage you, man, we can't just preach the good news. We have to live the good news that we believe. And, and I believe that we live the way we believe. So your life is a picture of what you believe. So if you believe that Jesus really died for your sins, man, those sins are, you're going to be convicted when you partake in sinful things that God, that God forbids. Why? Because you believe Jesus died for those things and you're no longer a slave to them. And so when you slip up and you mess up, you, you believe, man, I need to repent, which means I need to turn and put my eyes back on Jesus. Because we don't want to be like the religious teachers back in his day. This was the best teaching they had ever had. Now, I don't know if today is going to be the best sermon you've ever had. But I promise you, if we look at this story, we build our life on the rock. We're going to live a life worthy uh, uh, of our calling. So let's pray. Father, uh, this morning I pray that you would help me preach with boldness. I pray that you would uh, help me preach with clarity. That we would open your word so that we could become more like your son Jesus in the way he speaks here, Father, that we would uh, not be stupid carpenters, but that we would be wise ones, that we would be smart ones, and that we would build our house on the rock so that we do not build our house on a sandy beach and so that we uh, can have a house that'll stand through any season, a house that'll stand through any, any temptation, that'll stand through any trial, any valley, And that ultimately, God, you will be glorified in all of that. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said, this morning I I titled my message, The House of Cards. We know that a house of cards is easily, uh, that's what Jesus just said. If you build your house on a sandy beach, it's like a house of cards. It will come tumbling down. Like I said, this week I wasn't prepared uh, to preach. I, I, don't, I didn't go through my typical study routine when I'm preparing a sermon because Pastor Anthony. So my mind and my, all my energy was wrapped up in our church building and get, making sure that things were getting done. Um, and, and so when Pastor Anthony called me yesterday and we were talking, I said, well, send me your notes. Uh, and, and, I was, and I just felt a conviction of the Holy Spirit. It was like, man, uh, how many of you know we have to be ready in, in season and out of season? And thank God that... Uh, this is, I just don't do this on Sunday mornings, but I, I want you guys to truly believe that I live this life, just like what the scripture said, that I really live the way that I preach, uh, that I truly love Jesus. I have a relationship with him. And so I, I'm thankful that I don't have to preach his message because, man, Jesus was speaking to me in my time with him this week. Uh, and so this week, uh, my wife and I, we've at late at night, more like when it gets, gets dark because it's still 100 degrees at nine o'clock at night. It's crazy. Um, but hey, we can't complain because when it starts getting cold, we're going to complain again, right? We can't always be complaining. Uh, so late at night, we've been going on walks with the kids and my parents had bought them uh, cars that they can you know, drive in. And so uh, Kinley, and Bri- uh, Kinley and Briella are in their car and we live right across the street from Lee. And so we just go into this big parking lot so that they can freely drive their car around and Briella just turns that thing on turbo, and she's tearing that parking. She looks like one of the lead drivers over there, just tearing the parking lot up, uh, peeling out in her little car, and standing up driving. It's crazy. Uh, and then Legend, uh, because Briella and Kinley, they can drive. They're a little older. They're a little smarter. They're a little wiser. 
so they can drive their own car. Uh, uh, they can function it a little better than what Legend can. Legend's only one. So my parents bought him a car uh, that is controlled with a remote control car. And so Legend, I, I love seeing, he gets so pumped every time we walk in, in through the garage. He sees his car and he's tapping it like he wants to go for a drive. And uh, so we get him out there. I put him in the car. It still has a pedal. That thing's got a radio where you can plug music into it. It's a cool little, uh, little ride. Um, has the steering wheel. And here's the funny part, though. Like, Legend, he, he like, puts his hands on the steering wheel. Uh, what is it? Ten and, ten and two? Ten and two? Yeah, ten and two. He, he's ten and two. He's looking ahead. He's in a diaper, shirt off. Like, he's ready to go. And... and we, you know, I'm controlling it. I'm driving the car. It's got three speeds, everything I can do on the car. And he's driving. And he is just ecstatic. Why? Because he thinks he is driving this car. And he is looking. He's looking for him uh, a honey so that he could put in the passenger seat. He's looking, all right? He, he, he's driving his little car. But the, here's the thing. He's not really driving it, right? Who's driving it? I'm driving it. And I am telling you this week, uh, as I was watching my son and watching my kids, because I'll be honest, man, uh, my, my life, I feel like I live in our church making sure that it's getting, getting done. Uh, but I want to make sure uh, that I'm also in communion with Jesus. And when I'm with my family, it's like my mind just slows down. And the Lord, and when I was, uh, we were walking our kids and we were walking like they're dogs or something, <laughs> when they were driving their cars, um, man, it's like when I was watching it in the physical, the Lord began to speak to me in the spiritual. And he says, this is your life. You think you're driving the car. And at times I may give you a leash and you're driving the car, but ultimately it is me who directs your footsteps, right? That's what the, the Bible says that we can make our plans, but it's the Lord who determines our footsteps. And so I'm watching as I'm directing where my son goes and he either goes in reverse he goes forward he turns left or right all because i'm doing it on this remote and so uh I, again the, the lord just began to speak to me and he's like man this is what your life looks like and i think that's why the bible over and over tells us that we need to be like children some of you are like well, why would we do that because one child is crying but it's all right we love luca all right Luca, we love you, dude. He's like, I need some food and some toys. But over and over, the Bible tells us to be like little children. Why? Because legend's not worried about anything. He knows that car is going to go. He knows that car is going to turn when it needs to turn. He knows that car is going to do what it needs to do. And so, uh, again, in the spiritual, I was like, man, how many times do we think we're driving the car? How many times? Uh, because at times, legend, if I'm driving... He still has a steering wheel, and if I'm trying to take him around a pole, he still has the ability to pull that steering wheel, and it'll go, and he'll, he'll hit the pole, right? And I think a lot of the times we do that with our own lives. We don't trust God where he's taking us, and so we, we want to put our hands on that steering wheel, and we want to jerk it because we don't think God knows what he's doing. But ultimately, if we do that, man, we're like the stupid carpenter thinking we know what's best. We think... We know how to run our lives when we can barely find our keys in the morning, when we can barely get our kids to their functions on time, when we can barely know if we're wearing clean or dirty clothes. Am I the only one? I guess I'm the only one. But it, this is true, is it not? 
we put our hands on that steering wheel and we're, we're jerking and we're jerking and, and God is just saying, just let go of the steering wheel. Let me drive your life. Let me take you where you need to go. Yeah, I might take you through some rainy stuff. I might take you through some mud, some mud but I promise you it's better than you trying to do it on your own will. And so this is why we need to live our life full of wisdom. And last week as I, I preached the message and I was praying, God, I, I need more wisdom in this. I need more understanding. God, I want to make sure that I, I'm making good decisions here and there. Uh, and ultimately, all the decisions in my life, I want them to be filled with wisdom and understanding. And a question kept popping up to me because I was sending out and I was like, man, make, you know, I'm encouraging everybody to do the RC3 challenge. Uh, we're praying and, and we're asking. But a lot of the times, if you were to ask somebody, well, what does wisdom look like? Right. What does what understanding look like? I don't, I'm not so sure we could answer that uh, with 100 percent confidence. And, and the Lord uh, showed me a scripture in James chapter 3 verse 17 so if you have your bible i want to go read it together it's not going to be on the screen uh but i i love that uh he tells us what wisdom looks like and so we're going to be in james chapter 3 verse 17 it says this it says but the wisdom from above so first of all we need to understand that wisdom is from above you, you don't, in your own human capacity, can come up with wisdom. Wisdom has to be given from God. That's why we ask for it. That's why we need to constantly be praying, asking God, Lord, I need understanding in this area of my life. Because if I don't, I'm going to make a decision that's not based on wisdom, but it's, it's going to be a reckless decision. It's going to be a, a careless decision. And so your number one thing, if you want to know what wisdom looks like, know that it can't just come to it like God has to give that to you because it is from above. But the wisdom from above, the first thing it is, man, it's pure. It's pure. I don't know uh, uh, if you've never had something that's not pure. Uh, for instance, if you've had dirty water, you drink from the sink. Does any, do any of you drink from your sink in Midland? No. Why? Because it's not pure, right? You can taste it. it it's like, ugh, it leaves a bad taste in your mouth. And so when you're praying for understanding and wisdom in your life on whatever decision or circumstance that you're walking through, know that it doesn't leave a bad taste in your mouth. Why? Because God is always going to give wisdom that is pure. And, and when you know it's uh, th what the saying is, when you know, you know, like, man, that is so pure. I, one thing I would have never thought of that. I would have never thought to do that. I would have never thought to act like that. It is pure in its most purest form because it's from above. The second thing, it's peaceable. It's peaceable. We live in a confrontational world. Everybody is, oh, and it's our opinions, right? Everybody wants to be heard. Nobody wants to listen. And, and wisdom from above is peaceable. If you can have peace inside about a decision, if you can have peace on the understanding what's going on around, then you know it's from God. If, if there's some tension there, if there's some friction there, man, you, you have to keep praying through that. You have to say, man, there's still more wisdom and understanding that I need in order to make sure that God is honored in this situation. And so uh, whatever you're walking through, know that it's pure and it's peaceable. 
if it's if it's causing the friction in your spirit okay because we do live in the upside down world as christians so what what do i mean by that uh you're if god is telling you to act with wisdom and understanding in a certain area and somebody who doesn't love jesus doesn't follow jesus there will be tension and friction there, right? Because they're going to think you're dumb. They're going to think you're crazy. They're going to think that person's a little odd. The Bible says peculiar. And so when I say peaceable, I'm talking about in your spirit, man. Like you just, you just know in your inner man, in your inner woman, man, I got peace about this. And if you have peace about it, that's wisdom and understanding from above. The next thing, it's gentle, it's gentle. I don't know about you, but already you can see how these are complete opposite from the world that we live in because nothing in our world is gentle, right? Uh, and, and nothing in our world is telling us to be gentle, especially as men. To be a gentle man is to be a weak man in our world. But Jesus says opposite. To be a meek man is to be one who will uh, get honor, one who uh, Jesus will, will lift up. And so we need gentlemen. I've been telling Pastor Anthony and my wife, uh, I'm working with a whole lot of people. And you have to understand that since I graduated from high school, I went to Bible college. From Bible college, I went straight into the ministry. And so I've been working for church all my life. And so I've never been uh, a Christian man in, in a secular job. And as I'm getting our church ready and I'm meeting all these people and I'm seeing the way they work and I'm seeing the way they handle themselves, I'm seeing the way they speak to one another. I'm seeing all these things I tell Pastor Anthony and I tell my wife, man, now I, I can see more clearly why it's so vital to have Christian men in the workplace and Christian women. For this instance, it's just because a bunch of men are up there, but I think it is so vital. That's why God doesn't call everybody to the ministry, right? We need people who love Jesus, who are in our school system. We need people who love Jesus, who are stay-at-home moms, because not all stay-at-home moms love the Lord, right? And so when they get together, we need somebody who's going to shine light there. We need, we need men um, in the oil field who love Jesus. We need, we need Christians everywhere we go because we have to be the light and we have to uh, act with wisdom, which is pure, it's peaceable, it's gentle. Here's another one that maybe some of us aren't so good to. It's open to reason. How many of you are not good at reasoning? I'm one of those people. I, guys, I need new people in this room. Nobody raises their hand, and I'm the only screw-up in this room. But I am not open to reason. I like to be right. Let's do it that way. Who likes to be right? Yeah, there we go. Now we got some honest, real people raising their hand. None of us like to be wrong. And it's open to reason. You, you have to go and you have to go say, God, this is what I'm thinking, right? Some, God wants to know what you're thinking. He already knows what you're thinking. And there might be a slight chance that God goes, eh, I think you need to dot, dot, dot. Now, if you ever get in an argument with God, just know you're, you're not going to win that one. <laughs> if, if somebody's wrong in an argument between you and God, I think it's pretty clear who's right. It's God. And so we can go to our word and we can see that God is always right. And so it's open to reason, full of mercy. Our world needs more mercy than what we can think of right now. We, if we need the, uh, as much mercy as we can get, 
right? Grace is getting what we don't deserve. Mercy is not getting what we do deserve. We live in a world where we're sinful. How, how many of us, let's see if we're real, how many of us screwed up this week, right? How many of you need mercy this week, right? So we need to be extending that same mercy. If we're going to live in wisdom and understanding with people, man, you, you have to have the capacity of giving wisdom. And if I'm honest, the first thing to make that easy Man, think of how much mercy God gives you. Because ultimately, our first knee-jerk reaction is to say, oh, God, get them. They, they, they did me wrong, God. They spoke ill against me. They, they, they deserve your punishment, God. But it's funny because when we mess up, we're like, God, please forgive me. I messed up again, right? And so we need to be ready to extend mercy at all times. Good fruits. We, we know the fruit of the Spirit. You should, uh, wisdom produces fruit. Now, this is, all of these things are the fruits of wisdom. So this is how you know that you're receiving wisdom from God, that you're getting peace, that you're showing mercy, that, that, that it is um, gentle and it's pure. This is how you know you're receiving because this is the fruit of wisdom. It's impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace to those who make peace. How do I know if I'm getting wisdom and understanding from God? Man, it's because it will look just what James painted. You, you, you need to memorize James 3.17. James 3.17, because then you can ask yourself, man, this wisdom kind of seems like it's bringing tension in my spirit. And James 3 tells me that it brings me peace, not friction. It's pure. And so this week, uh, I don't know what you've been walking through. Uh, I know I'm praying for you, but everybody's on their own journey. Your, your kids are on their own journey. And some of them uh, are, are like Briella and Kinley. And some of us are like Briella and Kinley in our cars. That we're, we're a little more mature in our relationship with Jesus and our walk with God. And, and so we... Uh, can, can put our hands on the steering wheel, right? God, we're not robots, so it's not like we just let go. God tells us, hey, this is what you need to do. And so we put our hands on that steering. That's when we put our hands on the steering wheel. I want to drive towards peace and love and gentleness, understanding and wisdom in my life. Some of us were like legend though. And, and man, you, you've, you're new. Your walk with God is new. Uh, may, maybe you've come back to the Lord after years and, and you're just ready to put your hands on it and then jerk it. And, and guess what, man? You're, you're going to wreck. You're, you're going to cause uh, calamity in your life. You're going to cause uh, things in your life because you can't trust God. And, and I'm here to encourage you this morning. Some of us, maybe you, you're in the time of your life where you just need to completely let go and let God do the steering right now. And you need to say, God, I trust you. God, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know where you're taking me, but I trust you. Some of us, you're, you're, you're walking and you're, you're maturing. The Bible says over and over as Christians, we need to mature. If you're not maturing in your walk with God, and maturing only comes through, through prayer, it's going to come through reading of the word because you're going to live that. You're going to take that into your life. And, and God's going to trust you with some things. God's going to trust you with that job promotion. And he's going to see if you can continue steering in wisdom and understanding. God's going to trust you with that raise. Can they continue to be more generous? 
God's going to trust you uh, in, in certain areas of your life. And, and, and every once in a while, man, we, we, we do, we, we take the wrong path, we take the wrong road, and we serve a God who's loving and forgiving and ready to bring us back. And thank God that the remote control of our lives are in his hands and he can fix us back onto that straight and narrow path. So where are you in your life? Where are you? And, and, and here's why I ask. Because at the beginning, man, it's easy to say, you know what? Yeah, I love Jesus. I'm going to build my life on the rock. If you've been walking with the Lord for a long time, I'm going to build my house on the rock. And, and you start making the decisions. You start making, you know, uh, deciding, you know what? Uh, we're we're, we're going to use this type of paint, this color of paint. I'm going to hang decorations here. Uh, I, I'm speaking in hyperbole. Think of your life. I'm going to hang these decorations here. I, I want it to look like this. I'm going to organize my furniture in my house like this. And, and lo and behold, you're like, oh my gosh, I've completely forgotten about Jesus. And we read in Matthew chapter 7 that these things that he speaks aren't just for him to sprinkle. It's not just for him, uh, for us to, at the beginning, build our life. And then as we're building our life, as our life goes on, we forget. And we're like, oh no, I need to hang a, a, a scripture from Joshua on that wall so it'll look like I'm building my house on the Lord. I need to have peace, love, and hope hanging on this wall so that people know that we have peace, hope, and love in this house. But ultimately, you, you, you've built your house on sand. And, and I love that the Bible's so real. It says tornadoes will come. Rain will come. Even though we don't see it in Midland, it will come in your life. It will come. So the question isn't if, it's when. When it comes, that's when you'll be, really be able to tell if your house is built on the rock. When you get that bad report, you'll know if your house is built on the rock. When, when your marriage is in shambles, it's going through a rough spot, you'll know if your life is built on the rock. You know when your kids make decisions that frustrate you and you want to um, kick them in the head. That's what I tell. I, I, I got to be. That's what I say about my kids. I'm gonna kick you in the head. You're gonna know is my house built on the rock? Because when that storm comes, if your house is built on the rock, you're gonna keep your faith. You're gonna keep your trust in Jesus. You're gonna know, God. You're, you're driving. This is you. And so I encourage you, take a self-evaluation of your so-called house this morning. Ask yourself, what areas have I been decorating and, and, and portraying as if I'm building my house on the rock? It's easy to make it look like we're building our house on the rock, right? You post the right things, you say the right things, you talk the right lingo. But ultimately, your life will prove if you're living in wisdom. You, 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 have you ever met one of those people that... Uh, they're like, oh yeah, like I, I'm really good with money, and then you're, you're like, oh cool, like well let, let's talk about your debt, and they're like, oh man, I'm like I got this credit card and I got this school debt and I got that, and it's like, oh, man, I don't know if you're so great at that, like. Uh, and so here's the thing, though, as humans, we we want to act. We we have to stop acting like we're living in wisdom. We actually just have to do it. But here's the thing, we don't. At like to admit that we don't know, right? Nobody likes to admit that they don't know something. And, and I've been trying to discipline myself in areas of my life, things that I'm not good at, to just say, I don't know, I'm not good at that. 
for instance, and and I'm done for today. Uh, you know, we got the church going. We it's moving. It's moving quickly. Uh, we're excited about it. Man, we got. Uh, I've had carpenters in there. I've had electricians in there. I've had framers in there. And, and I remember thinking when we got this building, we, you know, I remember, heck, I think almost everybody in this room was there when we were tearing down stuff and, and we were cleaning it up. Um, people were asking me like, well, what's next? I was like, oh, we're going to frame it. Well, who's going to do it? We are. We're going to do it. Like uh, I can build a, I can build a church inside this place, right? Just give me some two by fours, a nail gun and, and we'll, we'll get this going. And, and so at, the more I thought about it, I was like, man, you know, we, we got 15 foot walls going up. I'm not so sure that I trust myself to put a 15 foot wall up and not come tumbling down when we're walking through the foyer one day. And so guess what I finally had to do? Wisdom told me, don't do it yourself. I wanted to save as much money as possible, but that's not always wisdom. Wisdom was you need to hire somebody who knows what they're doing, who knows what they're doing. And guess what? Walls are done. They, they, they framed the whole church. I would still be figuring out measurements and did I put that right? Did I, is that, it's actually, let me go ahead and throw this, I'm going to throw myself and Pastor Anthony under the bus. Pastor Anthony and I, man, we drew up some plans on a, on a thing and he and I were like measuring every little thing and the framers came, came in and they're like, we need to chalk this out. We need to, because I thought, man, like, I thought they would just look at the plans and be like, cool, let's build it. Poof. Well, no, these guys are meticulous. They're like, we need to chalk this line. Uh, every inch is important. Well, cool. And they looked and they're like, who did these? And I was like, well, we're a church. We're trying to save some money. So we actually did them. They're like, they're wrong. They're really wrong. And I was like, all right. So we, I spent a whole day with them chalking lines on how I pictured the church uh, and how we wanted it to go. And, and thankful enough, because they knew what they're doing, they, they, they did it better, they did it faster, right? And, and it's going to be stronger. A lot of the times we think we can get to where we want to go in life better, faster, and that it will hold and sustain. Man, but God's way is so much better. And you got to be careful, because when you start climbing that mountaintop, you start thinking, yeah, look at me. So what do Pastor Anthony and I go and do? We're looking at what they did and we're like, man, these guys are awesome. Bro, we could have done this. Like we, we, we could build this, right? There's some places now that we're thinking like, man, we should have done this in this area. And I told them, bro, we, just, we could do that. We'll go buy the material, pop, 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 frame that thing up and it's good. You start, you, you start thinking again, right? Have you ever got to that place? You're living your life in wisdom and then you start thinking, you're in a good place and then you're like, yeah, I can keep, I can do this. And you stop trusting in God who carried you there. And so electricity electricity has got to happen. Now, I don't know about you, but if you've never messed with electricity, it can kill you. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> and so... Anytime I mess with electricity, I don't care. I'll go turn off all the breakers. I'll turn off my neighbor's breakers, their break. I'm turning it all off because I had a little friend. I'm not going to tell you who it was, but uh, he's sitting in this room. <laughs> he came to mess with some electricity and he went, he pulled it and it went pop. I was like, bro, I told you to turn it off. Do you remember that, Matthew? 
I, all I'm saying, man, we need to live our lives in wisdom, right? Because at the end, you ask Matthew, and he'll tell you what he said. He said, I should have turned them all off. Because guess what? He could have really hurt himself. He could have, he could have done some real damage. And, and he could have put himself in a position, not only that hurt him, but hurt his family. And we do that with our own lives, thinking that we're making these reckless and careless decisions without wisdom and understanding, thinking it's not going to hurt anybody else. It's only going to affect me, right? How many of you had this talk with your kids? Your decisions affect not just you, they affect everyone around you. That's why God, as a loving father, says you need to do this with wisdom and you need to do it with understanding. And so just like the church, man, I'm just telling people, I, I don't know. This is your world. Like you tell me, how do I need to run the electricity? How, how do I need to frame this up? How, how, do, uh, how do we need to do this? And can I encourage you this morning? Man, some of you have been trying to frame your, your own house. You've been trying to go off of your own plans. You've been trying to do it your way because you think it's going to be get done faster, better, and stronger. And ultimately what you're doing, you're not realizing, yeah, it might get built, but you've built it on sand. And when that storm comes, it's coming down like a house of cards. And this morning, man, I want to encourage you, reevaluate some decisions, reevaluate some of the things that you're doing, the way you're managing your time. I was I was talking to somebody yesterday and they're like, man, like this is just taking up so much of our time. And I, we finally decided we need to cut some things out and then we can actually go to church. Right. Man, there's some things in our life that we need to make sure that we're building on the rock. And so this morning, that's all I want to do. I, I want to make sure that we are building our life on the rock and we can only do that with wisdom and understanding. Because God forbid, forbid that we hurt ourselves trying to do it our way. God forbid that we, we make a decision that will affect our family because we try to do it our way. God forbid that, that we cause a wreck and hurt others because of the lack of wisdom and understanding in our life. And so this morning, ask yourself, man, have I built a house on Jesus? Have I built, my, my, and, and this is your house, right? Uh, men, we, we can build our house and ultimately uh, that's going to lead to our family building uh, uh, their house. And I'm going to close with this. I said that 20 minutes ago, but I promise I'm closing with this. This week, um, Adriana and Kinley, she, she bought Kinley a preteen, that's crazy to say, a preteen devotional. And Kinley had taken, the kids love grabbing our iPads, and she grabbed uh, Adriana's iPad, and she wrote in there in the notes, God, make me more like you. And when I saw that, man, it just broke me. It just was like, man, look at my daughter. She's building her house. But parents, I want to encourage you in this room. She's doing that because she's seeing her parents build their house and the way they build it. Because our kids are going to do what we do. And, and I pray that we would want our kids to build their house on a rock. But first, sometimes we think, I built my house on the rock when really we built it on the sand. And here's the thing, man, we serve a God who's loving and forgiving and gracious. And we, we can start over and do it the right way. We can do it. We can, we can trust the one who knows what he's doing with our lives. We can, we can trust the one who can get, do things better, who, who, who is above all 
who, who is seeing everything. He is not in our time. He is outside of time. And we want God to hurry sometimes or we want him to slow down sometimes. But God knows what he's doing with our life. And this morning, you either need to, if God's trusted you to put your hands on that steering wheel, man, you need to keep praying and, and asking God for wisdom and understanding to keep driving. For some of us, you need to completely let go of that area of your life. And you need to let God take the steering wheel. Let him drive. You're not even in the driver's seat. Let him drive. And you'll see how you can live a life full of wisdom and understanding. Let's pray, Father.